With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Morning and welcome to this episode of the Black Tuesday Podcast. As men, we, some of us, veer through the world with less than too much knowledge about science, anatomy, just the human condition. One of the topics that we fail on constantly is menopause. So today, I decided to go to an expert. She's a board-certified general surgeon. She's a host of the Menopause Movement podcast, Dr. Michelle Gordon. Doctor, good morning. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am fantastic. Now, as I said in the open, men tend to have that lack of a knowledge of menopause. Like, it's more of something that most don't understand, most don't research, or most, if we're honest, care about. Mm-hmm. Now, the term menopause has, lot, like, a general meaning, and it has small detail meaning. Can you give an overview of what menopause is? So menopause is the time in a woman's life when she stops menstruating. That is, it happens, you know, on average, average is about 51, and it's due to the loss of primarily three hormones, which are estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. But what what happens is that there is a period we call perimenopause as the estrogen and the progesterone and the testosterone are starting to decline and the periods change. What's happening is our brains are looking for estrogen and so there can be a lot of changes that can happen in women where they start to not recognize themselves or they might be they might be more snappy, uh, they might lose their, their desire for sex. So there's a lot there's a lot of things that can happen to a woman. It is a it is a monumental time in the life of, of, of women that does not get enough acknowledgement from the medical community and the media and the reason for that is primarily because all the research studies up until recently were done on men. Now to hit on the point that you mentioned about the lack of focus and attention is it because it's involving not just because it was done on men but a woman's body or do you think that average people lack the nuance to understand what goes on during this time well i i think there's a i think there's a lot of of <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there right i mean we live in a patriarchy 
so we live in a in a world of men and women have to fight really hard to get recognition equal pay those so so what happens is that oftentimes uh, women are viewed through the lens of a man and as women age they're starting they're started to it's 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 almost as if a woman who has aged is discarded rather than seen as a resource and that's that's the american society now one of the things that it's funny that they always say when a man gets older he gets distinguished but there's no comparable parallel to draw to a woman and I've always found it interesting because as a man and like I said we discussed in a part the phrase that I was taught or learned that was many about was change of life mm-hmm. and it was just one of those things that going through the change and it was it wasn't truly openly discussed and I was surprised because it's something it's a natural event it's not something otherworldly it happens to women like you said starting at age 51 now what do you think is the biggest misconception surrounding menopause oh i think there's there's several i think the first one is is that the the supplement industry and the medical industrial complex has made it a medical condition and menopause is not a medical condition menopause is a natural phase in our lives can you imagine getting pregnant at 55 or 60 i mean it it, it you know, it, it, it's natural. It's, it's like if you were, if, if a woman was having a baby at age 55 or 60, I mean, she's not going to live, you know, for the most part for that, you know, to see that baby and, and take care of that baby. And, and so we, we have like this natural mechanism to keep us from, you know, doing harm to our offspring, right? And so it's, it's this it's this natural thing and because of the way we've changed the i mean there there's a, there's so many things that have affected it because it never used to be as big of a deal i mean one thing is the fact that we live longer but the other thing is that what we eat has changed so much from you know maybe the, the 50s you know in in the 50s we we started seeing a lot of you know better living through chemistry kinds of stuff and we started seeing seed oils and byproducts of of farming coming into our into our 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 diets and byproducts of of the cotton industry like cottonseed oil or byproducts of the corn industry like corn oil or the soybean industry like soy oil these are all very toxic to humans and it's only because of lobbies that that they're they're out there and the reason why they're used is because they're odorless they're tasteless and they're super cheap but they cause a lot of problems and so if if our hormones are made up of the fats that we eat because fat is the precursor of hormones if we're eating crappy fats we're going to have crappy hormones and crappy hormones lead to a crappy menopause now one of the things that surround menopause that i've heard and just offhanded, third hand it was, you have to exercise for hours or go to serious limits just to maintain shape. Why do you think that narrative is out there and 
how off does it feel to you? Well, as we age, it's harder to lose weight. And for some reason, it's a lot harder for women to lose weight. And I think that has to do with estrogen. And one thing that happens to women in menopause is that as they start to lose estrogen from their ovaries, as their ovaries age, the body tries to keep it. And one of the places it tries to keep it is in the abdominal fat area. And so women who are in menopause tend to gain weight. And there's the biggest, I mean, as a matter of fact, we've surveyed here at the menopause movement, we've surveyed tens of thousands of women. And overwhelmingly, the biggest the biggest complaint is menopause weight. And and then after that, it's like, I don't know who I am anymore. And so it's really, it's really interesting that, you know, women think that by, you know, getting their lives back, by getting their bodies back or by, or by uh, losing weight, they're going to get their bodies back. And it's 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 kind of funny because at the at the end of the day it's our our behaviors lead to our our the changes that we have in in a lot of ways <clears throat> and while you know if you're already overweight because of what you're eating you know in menopause you're going to gain more and if you're if you're somebody who's already fit and trim you might find that menopause packs on a couple of pounds and it's just a matter of starting to really pay attention to what you're eating and and it it does it does require some changes and that's why we have at the menopause movement we have the minnow belly challenge because we help we help women start to see the changes that they need to make in order to start to get their bodies back another one of the misconceptions or myths or the, the phrase at your age or for your age, it just from what I read, it implies that as we age, there's something that we should not be able to do as far as physical activity or you look good for your age. You're athletic for your age or at your age, you should be thinking about this and that. How much of menopause, the myths that involve or surround it are actually mental? Man, I, I would I would say that everything is mental, <clears throat> but that's I mean I'm I'm you know we live a hundred percent of our lives in our minds, and so it, we have it's our job to make our minds a happy place. It regardless of our age, uh, however, because of media, because we're bombarded with these images that are not real, that are photoshopped, that are you know overwhelmingly monochromatic in America they they there's this strange ideal that we think we have to live up to you know i if my muscles aren't showing then i'm not lean or that's not my body type or you know what whatever it is right and so i think that that when what this has done is it's created some ageism in in our society and i've seen it in my my surgical practice i had some younger people i hired some younger doctors who thought that you know people in their 50s and 60s were old and i'll tell you something as somebody who's in i'm 56 years old and i don't feel old 
<laughs> and I'm doing things with this body that I couldn't do with my 18-year-old body. <clears throat> I'm running faster. I'm running farther. Um, I, you know, so I'm biking farther. I'm, I'm just doing a lot more. And so for us to say that, you know, I look good for my age or, I, you know, I mean, listen, somebody's going to look good. It's not for your age. That's just that's just ageist, I think. I look at someone like Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren is like seven, six, 66, 7 years old, and you will still see the errant clown. Oh, she looks good for her age. Helen Mirren has a six-pack, and she's out here in bikinis, and she looks fabulous. I don't care how old you are. Like, There are people, 20s and 30s, who don't look like that. Now, when we come back from break, I want to discuss the differences in treatment options during menopause. You are listening to the Black Tuesday podcast on the FPC radio network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. We are back with the Black Tuesday podcast. Terrence Biggs, Dr. Michelle Gordon. Doctor, when you look at treatment options and how they have evolved over the years, how much more advanced are the treatment options for menopause? Well, so here's the thing. I mean, treatment options assumes that it's a medical condition. And it's not. So I always, how, how I like to do it is I say the treatment has to do with what you choose to put in your mouth first. And that comes from Hippocrates, right? 400 AD. Uh, I think it was AD. Hippocrates may have been BC. I'm not sure. So just, but anyway, Hippocrates, he said, let food be thy medicine. And when you start to think about the fact that we're made up of genetics and, and, and our bodies take what we eat and that turn it, it turns it into everything that we are, then it's super important for us to start to look at our food as the primary source of fuel for our bodies and everything. And if, if we're going out and eating fast food three times a, a day, then you know we're going to have a body that is made up of fast food and that's a lot of toxic stuff. At the end of the day, though, when it comes to menopause and menopause treatments, there's no one-size-fits-all answer because each one of us is unique. And we we do treat, the medical profession treats based on symptoms. And so what we do see a lot of is women who complain of hot flashes and then they'll get prescribed an antidepressant. And the reason for that is some of the research shows that antidepressants can help decrease hot flashes. However, we don't know the mechanism of hot flashes. 
And I like to say that, that if men went through something this disruptive, there probably would have been a lot more research done on it. But because up until recently, the medical establishment, the research establishment, the academic establishment, all felt like women were just another arm of men. And there was a study that there was it was about heart attacks and estrogen and women start to have more heart disease after menopause so when there's less estrogen and so they did a study and they enrolled almost 7,000 men in that study now estrogen's not going to affect the man's heart and so so it's 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 and i'm not beating down on men because at the end of the day i mean you know it's just people do what they're taught right so what what i'm trying to say is that we can we can manage our symptoms probably mostly based on what we choose to eat and how we choose to move and then if the symptoms are are even more uh, disruptive then we can go to the to the doctor and take some hormone replacement i don't i don't know that that taking you know external sources of estrogen like that, that come from plants like flax seeds and stuff like that i don't i don't know that they work in the same way as say a hormone replacement but hormone replacement comes with its own issues and so treatment is treatment for menopause is symptom-based and if you're going to take hormone replacement the the current research says it's you start it early and you limit it to about five years max now when we look at you said that if men were affected by this similarly, there would be more of a deep research base. Now, another aspect that men I've heard, and I've, I've heard this with my own ears, fail is that with the onset of menopause, it's, it wrecks your sex life. <laughs> Can you set them straight? Well... It doesn't necessarily wreck your sex life, but women do go off sex. For, for uh, not all women, but it's it's really common. Uh, I would say that of our survey respondents, it's it's between ten and fifteen percent of the women. And when you consider that a hundred percent of women will go through this if they live long enough, then you know ten to fifteen percent is it can can be a lot. And it, it just the the way I look at it is that. Sex is pleasurable. I mean, we, we like sex. Sex makes us feel good. Sex makes us feel like, you know, especially for men, makes men feel super like, like, you know, conqueror and badass and all those things that come along with it. For But but remember, sex is created, you know, it's there for procreation. You know, we, we, we have a sex desire for sex because of the ability to make more of our species from a pure biological standpoint, right? And so when a woman is no longer fertile, she's not going to want to have sex as much. You know, when a fe- the female of the species is no longer fertile, and that happens in whales. Whales who go through menopause, they become the matriarch of the pod. And people, you know, the people, <laughs> whales, whales look up to them. To They start, they become leaders. Now, in, in our society, we don't do that. And we also really, really value sex as you know, as something that's super important to relationship or to well-being. So 
there, there are things you can do. I mean, you know, that sex, a lot of sexuality and sexual expression has to do with desire. And so having an understanding of desire, also understanding that sex is, you know, nobody's really good at it at first. You know, you got to learn how to be good at it and, and open communication. And that sometimes we may not want to get going at first, but then once we get started, we can we can get going again and, and start to feel more desire. But, I mean, I'm not a sex therapist. I've, I've done some research into this. And sexual attraction, especially for women, has a lot to do with what's... With, what they're thinking more than anything else but yeah i mean for some people it does uh, women just don't want sex anymore or or what can happen because of loss of of hormones there can be a condition called vaginal atrophy and when that happens then sex just becomes really really painful for the woman and there's not enough lubrication and it, it just can really really hurt for for those who have that condition and so it requires a lot of communication now one of the things that when you look at the teaching and educating regarding menopause is time do you think that schools health classes like we all had health class do you think they would benefit from explaining the entire cycle of a woman's life to not just women but men themselves do you think that the educational process needs to start earlier you know I don't know I mean it's it's funny because we, we talk about whether menopause is like a second puberty right and we talk about that in our programs here at the menopause movement and you know likely when you know all, all of us were sat down and, and talked you know talked to about the changes that we're going to go through our bodies through puberty but but we don't talk a lot about menopause because it is it is something that is a, a big change for women and it's not something that affects men and the problem is is that if you tell an 18 year old or a 15 year old that you know eventually your ovaries aren't going to work anymore and you're going to feel crappy you know this is what you have to look forward to i'm not certain that that is the right time to do it at the time when they're you know just starting to become sexual beings but would you know would some sort of education in the workforce be be helpful maybe you know but that's why the menopause movement exists so that we can kind of break the silence around it a lot of women have talked about how menopause feels like a secret society that no one ever wants to talk about and so we're really here to break the silence and build community now if someone scans your website which is menopausemovement.com they are Embrace with a ton of information. Can you explain the ebook bundle? I see a cookbook. Mm. Yeah. So because we talk a lot about we talk a lot about uh, about what to eat during during menopause. So I got together with a chef and and said let's let's create some menopause friendly meals. And so yeah, we have that. We also have a quiz at the very beginning. What's your menopause slimming type? And the reason for that is that you know a lot of women want to lose weight in menopause, and so we we kind of help them see how to get started with that but we also have a challenge and when when you go to menopausemovement.com forward slash workshop and you can't see that on the menopausemovement.com website you actually have to go to workshop you can sign up and we have a free workshop all about menopause with tips on what to eat and better getting better sleep and then some some 
real good tips on how to how to improve your mood. And then as far as the ebook bundle goes, we have uh, we have the Ultimate Menopause Guidebook there, and you can you can get both of those together, and that's that's just a, a information all about what what's going on with menopause, and then. When you get the cookbook too, then you have a, a kind of a head start there on on what to start eating. And if we scroll through the menopause movement website, you have a podcast. Can you explain the podcast you've had? From what I've seen, at least sixty-seven, uh, seventy-four episodes. What is we the have a hundred episodes now? Yeah, we're we're right at a hundred. How has the podcast changed since the premiere? Oh man, so. You know, it's so funny with podcasting because I started just with like, I, it was, it was, we took some Facebook lives that I had done and turned them into podcasts. And so the first one was managing anxiety and just talking about how anxiety can be such a problem in the beginning of, of menopause. And a lot of women never had anxiety before and start to have it. And how can you manage that? And, and I followed it up with a, uh, there was, there was another Facebook live I did about, you know, how to how to really manage anxiety, and I gave them a framework and and that sort of thing. So I started with a couple solo episodes, and then if you go into the YouTube channel, there's a TV show, and so we we put that up there, and and then I started having guests and just interviewing people, and and it was really it it's been really fun to move from using a webcam to using a professional camera to using better audio equipment. And kind of creating a studio, and so over the over the time, I found that there are there are broad themes of of things that are that, that are interesting to women in menopause. And when you consider that at least you know more than half of new businesses are started by women over 50, we have a whole like kind of a get 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 started online segment. And so I've I've interviewed several people um, uh, from social media experts to people who help people get started uh, to some of the gurus uh, in the online space uh, on the podcast. And so we have that, we have that as a kind of a theme, but then we also have themed things like, you know, what to eat and how to lose weight and how to get the body you want. So, so we kind of go with, with the themes of uh, what we see are, are issues really for, for the women who have answered our surveys. What has been the toughest challenge in building the, not so much brand, but trying to educate via the TV show, the podcast, the in general, what has been your sternest test so far? It's a crowded space. Just, you know, online and, and just the whole, you know, it's, it's building, building a business from scratch is not easy as probably many of your listeners know, and it takes some dedication and work. And the number one thing we have to protect when we're building a business is our mindset and, and the belief. And what happened was I got real clear on the mission of the menopause movement. And when I did that, I was able to start building a team. And so now we've got about eight people who are on the payroll who help do things. And I started partnering with some experts and stuff like that. But the menopause movement, so what it is, you know, it provides world-class transformational education for women who are suffering from the symptoms and effects of menopause while building a robust and supportive community. And it's really about easing the suffering 
of women who are going through menopause because it's really disruptive. Now, if anyone wanted to contact you via social media, how would they be able to? So you can find me on Facebook at uh, Dr. Michelle Gordon. You can find me on Twitter at Michelle E. Michelle e. Gordon. And you can find me on Instagram at Dr. Michelle Gordon, Dr. Michelle Gordon. And if you want to talk to me by email, you can just send an email to support at menopausemovement.com. Dr. Michelle Gordon, we appreciate your time and stopping by and educating our listeners who probably came smarter today about menopause in, in general. Thank you so much for joining us on the Black Tuesday podcast. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. This has been another episode of Black Tuesday podcast. Be good to yourselves. Be good to each other.